This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, listen. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Listeners, if you like what you hear and want to support the pod, we have a handy-dandy Patreon just for you. Each week, we release mini bonus episodes, reviews of clips submitted by subscribers, bloopers, behind-the-scenes content, merchandise discounts, thirst traps. Starting at just $3 a month, you can support our work and keep the lights on over here at Girls on Porn Enterprises. Feel free to check out the page, and you can give us as little or as much as you want. Every little bit helps. Patreon.com slash Girls on Porn. Welcome to Girls on Porn. I'm Rachel. I'm Laura. And we love porn. This is our porn review podcast. We talk about what we love and we roast what we hate. Helping you find hot, ethical, just plain better porn for your spank bank. And we're looking at everything. Oh my gosh. It's been so long since we've had a guest that I was like, do we, how do we start? How do we, do we, do, uh, do we introduce our person first? I do know. I have to say something clever before we launch in? <laughs> it's just like riding a bike, babe. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Really, really excited to have Ty Mitchell on. We've obviously talked about Ty's work before. We're big fans. Very exciting guest. Yeah. Very, very exciting guest. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Ty Mitchell is a writer and gay porn performer based in Brooklyn, New York. His written work is focused on gay culture, sex work, and desire. And his film work has focused on getting pounded in zany situations. (laughs) Ty, welcome to the show. Welcome, Ty. Hi. Give me for my uh, coffee slurping. No, no, no. We're gonna be. We'll be doing it too. Just rolled into the rolled into the studio at the ass crack of dawn. (laughs) Yes. We're here, bright and bushy tailed. (laughs) We are ready to go, baby. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Ty. This is genuinely really exciting to us. I mean, it's it's always great to talk to someone you've watched have sex on camera, yes. but also yeah. someone who's so well-spoken, frankly, about like the industry and the work and and all of the things that you, you listed in your bio too. Yeah, oh, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys watch a lot of gay porn? I do. Yes. Yeah. I do. Not. I do. To be fair. <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> Rachel does watch more gay porn than I, well, gay male porn than I do. Yes. To be specific. It is usually the genre that I go to that turns me on the most, actually. Mm-hmm. She's a big kink.com, like put that dick in a vice kind of porn watcher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Men on edge, big fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I just, there's something about gay porn that I look for in like heterosexual porn and that like men feeling allowed to make noise and (laughs) enjoy themselves. pleasure and be depicted outside Mm -hmm. of just their dicks and stuff. Are they pretty mute yeah. in straight porn? Yes. I guess more so than in gay porn. Yeah. Do you if you don't dabble in straight porn, God bless. Don't yeah. Don't bother. You're not missing much. I'll tell you front. to skip it right now. Yeah, they're pretty mute. 
and they're it's just they're mute and they're I just like want to hear someone like enjoy themselves yeah you uh know and I want to see it on their face it's the mope thing where like a lot of the porn is for the straight male gaze so the straight male watching wants to pretend this other guy isn't there and just be the disembodied dick yeah through that POV or like the guy is just kind of quietly like like when something's happening and that's the best we get right and from what I gather, there's just, like, a different kind of gendered power dynamic that's, like, mm-hmm. being eroticized 100%. in straight porn that's, like, absent in gay porn. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess maybe not totally absent, especially with the with the genre that we're going to talk about today. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. But, Should we just get right into it and talk about muscle? Well, I'm, I'm actually just, like, still kind of curious about your, your porn viewing. Do you watch a lot of studio porn, or is it kind of a mix and match of, like, OF stuff? Because I feel like... When I was preparing for today, that there was a lot of like I haven't really sat through a studio scene in a really, really <laughs> in a long, long time. time yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially like the half hour ones. I'm getting to the I point know. where I'm like, why are we making them this long? Like, who is <laughs> watching this in full? So we could give you like a whole rundown of right. the show itself. I mean, obviously, like the way that we consume porn individually is slightly different than the way we consume porn for the show Mm -hmm. because the show is structured around like each episode has a search term right and there's certain terms that lean much more into the studio and the scene space right and some where we're like this is a fetish we absolutely need to go to a content the performer like a content creator who's really big and in foot stuff and piss play (laughs) and like balloon yeah Yeah, like all that stuff Mm -hmm. and then sometimes we're looking for the content that sort of is that crossover where it feels Mm -hmm. deliberately amateurish where you can feel like the voyeur watching and it kind of just depends on the term itself for like what we'll go for but a lot of what we're looking for is either content created by performers so you know there's Mm -hmm. an ethical component kind of built into that because they're self-producing so it diminishes the likelihood of exploitation and then we look also for platforms where there's a certain amount of transparency there's information provided or we just have Mm -hmm. some context from performers that we've talked to about like oh yeah we loved working with cocky (laughs) boys or like whatever the case might be where we can feel a little bit more confident being like, this is mm-hmm. this is safe for the performer and safe for you to feel comfortable watching. Granted, it's it's an imperfect process. And so many mm-hmm. times we've been like, oh, no, we can't watch yes, we such and such anymore because yeah. we find out about allegations or what have you. But mm-hmm. we watch like a whole mix of it. Yeah. And we're always kind of on the hunt to find new um, like independent studios or independent artists making their own new work that's just like hosted on other sites like pink label or something like that that are people that are just making kind of like artful porn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and where it's like yeah. curated and you can, fi- yes. can find kind of a mix yes we really go through the whole gamut <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah well i guess i asked just because it's like i feel like i'm i'm like always harping on like what is like the state of porn now mm-hmm. like in this like post only fans moment and Especially as, like, OnlyFans seems to be just kind of coalescing as, like, its own kind of, like, a subgenre. I don't know. Mm. Like, I'm curious what you guys think as porn connoisseurs. <laughs> Some of, of You know, like, the state of studios and, like, where's porn at, whether it's straight porn or gay porn. I'm curious what you guys think. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I think that this, the old format of, like, big studios is sort of He's dying. dying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to say, like, whether that's even a, a good or a bad thing because I do think performers taking agency. more agency and, yeah. and self-producing is great because it, like, reduces the middleman and, again, like, 
makes it harder for exploitation to exist in the margins. But that said, I am a person who loves production value. So like mm. I've turned more to independent studios. Like when I'm watching my own porn, I love like a four chambers where like Vex Ashley, who's a performer herself, is very transparent about like what she pays her performers. And they're basically friends. So she's like, hey, will you come fuck me for an hour? <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. yeah. And does some really interesting things with like and it's production like an design film. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She literally calls it like art school bullshit. And it's just, like, great sex with, like, a really interesting fucked up aesthetic around it, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think, I don't know, I think, like, there's always sort of a pendulum swing. And right now, I feel like the way that the studio system is being challenged is a good thing because it's opening up the porn world to all different kinds of work and different identities and different kinds of sex and, like, queerer sex being more accessible and more, like, generally dispersed as opposed to the studios being like, well, no one wants to see that. Like, we all just want to see a certain kind of body and a certain kind of white person fuck each other, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think that's really interesting. And I, at the same time, I'm like, maybe out of that, there'll be like a different kind of like independent studios that start to, or like survive that or crop up in a different way, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think moving away from the studios is like getting porn to be a little bit more diverse and inclusive. Mm Mm-hmm. I also think it's just sort of like a common misconception. I think if you ask like, you know, the person walking down the street, like what they think of porn, they're going to think of like brazzers or like bang bros. And I'm like, there's so much more. Yeah, they're going to think of mind geek and like that one monopolized vertical essentially. Yeah. Right. Do you, it sounds like you obviously like prefer going directly to the performer. Like, is that what you look for in your porn? Are you looking for a certain aesthetic or a reality, like a sense of it? Like what, what draws you into certain kinds of porn? When I was like shooting, I like much preferred working for studios. Mm. And that's kind of part of why I've like really kind of phased out my OnlyFans content and even just like my social media presence in general is like, I much preferred performing on a set with a director over like the kind of DIY production because Mm -hmm, there was just so much more liability and admin that I like don't like doing. I don't, don't, especially when you're both like, I think I would be able to produce a scene for someone else or perform in a scene for someone else, but producing a scene that I'm performing in gets really personal. And that was always really hard for me. So I feel mournful of the ways that studio porn seems to be running out of ideas and innovation mm-hmm. and mm. seems to just be losing its edge or has already lost its edge. Yeah. But when I'm actually watching porn, yeah, I'm like, yeah. I got my little Twitter list. Twitter is the source. I mean, it really is. Well, but it's like, what happens if, I mean, I think that even if we lose Twitter, I think the porn on Twitter will be what sticks around. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like that'll be what survives. Tumblr and Twitter, you know? We have to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But it is frustrating actually increasingly how my whole porn feed is just like bad teasers of bad OnlyFans productions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know that sounds like I'm not like, the most ethical consumer of porn because I'm complaining about all the, all the, all the, (laughs) but I don't get to see it all. (laughs) You know, I miss the glory days and I could just watch my free shit. When I could just get the free, yeah. (laughs) Well, between watching a bunch of of free shit from independent performers and watching a bunch of free shit from studios, I'd rather watch a bunch of free shit that studios made. Right. Fair. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not actually 
hurting the performers. Yeah. <laughs> I also think Very it's like a, a pendulum swing, like the same way that we're like, will movies survive? And I don't mean mm, porn, right. I mean like mainstream, the way that we're like throwing millions of dollars at Nicole Kidman to do an AMC <laughs> ad. <laughs> I, looked, I looked up how much they paid her the other day and then uh, shot myself in the face. Um, no. But oh, like, God. I don't think the act of going to the movie theater will like completely die, but I no. think it is dying out now and then there will be like a different kind of upswing that happens that like yeah. maybe we go back to different, better in-the-room experiences because – Ugh, and this, uh, this is going to make me sound like a capitalist because, like, the market <laughs> demands it, you know, that, like, yeah. people will crave a certain thing and, like, the idiots in leadership will, like, finally start to invest in and, like, produce the stuff that makes something survive, you know? No, we'll find a new way to exploit the worker. <laughs> <laughs> Free porn, we say after yeah. 200 episodes nearly. Well, what do you say about, like, divert? you know, I agree that, like, the the new platforms for self-produced pornography have ushered in so much more diversity and yes. so many more kinds of bodies and kinds of porn. And I love mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. then, you know, for the couple of months that I was on TikTok before I had to have boundaries with myself and not be on TikTok anymore, <laughs> it was, it really blew my mind, like seeing who is like hot on TikTok and mm. which is, which is where, from what I understand, like all of the money is and OnlyFans is on TikTok. And it's, it is funny how the more kind of repressive a platform is, the more yeah. erotic it actually is. Yeah. And like yeah. how how the more you gatekeep what people can do and say on an app like TikTok, the more people find more ways yeah, to Yeah, the more that they'll like invest energy in the workaround and like yeah. saying corn instead yes. of porn and yes. like yeah. We yeah. can't even show a vibrator on TikTok. I mean the amount of things that have get taken down because yeah. I've shown, I've held a vibrator. Like, I'm, we can't it's post It's a little anymore. exhausting. It's absurd. It's no wonder <laughs> but, the kids hate sex. They don't get any sex education on their apps. Anyway, yeah. but it's yeah. funny how, like, like, Twitter, by contrast, you can just see anything you want. You can just see anything oh, yeah. you want. Yeah. And it's, like, weirdly, like, less sexy because of that. Yeah. It's you know, the, like, it's, like, I'm desensitized to it on Twitter. That's also how we feel about porn in general is, like, we're Sometimes, not fans yeah. of the meat shot. Like, I don't yeah. need... A close up of a dick like entering a hole like mm-hmm. like this yeah. big like I'm I'm just there like staring at it like I like a little bit of like opacity in terms of suggestion what I can see yeah. and like the tension mm-hmm. of like will they won't they like is yeah. exciting so that same thing on TikTok of like when the sexual tension feels restrained yeah that's a lot hotter than like look at all this genitalia in your face yeah. you right. know. But what blows my mind, too, is seeing the people who, because I, when I first joined TikTok, I just followed all of my porn friends on it because I was like, oh, yeah. I'll just use this to advertise, which is a huge mistake because then the entire TikTok algorithm was just showing me, like, OnlyFans cock teasing and it just mm. made me miserable. <laughs> but it's, it's, all the, it, it's all these, like, uh, like young, straight, white, masculine mm-hmm. boys who are cock teasing on the basis of like being straight and doing gay stuff with their friends. And it's this like massive repression yeah. from what it feels like porn was doing over the past five to 10 years where we were like, okay, we're kind of over the whole straight guy doing oh, gay right. stuff thing. We're kind of into like what we can do with, with porn as like gay cultural expression and stuff like that. And then I go to TikTok and it's like we are fully reinventing the wheel with just the the all-American jock 
<laughs> teasing his bulge and tackling his straight friends. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it, blow, it blows my mind how We're back there. Kind of, yeah. It's like another It's like another layer which, of queer baiting. I mean, you're, you're cock baiting is like, right, but it's like, yeah. it's... It's so reactionary. It's so conservative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, straight is like the number one searched for term yeah. Yeah. for every, every fucking year. Yeah, for gay right. porn specifically. Yeah. Right. So maybe I've just insulated myself from <laughs> what is actually well, completely popular. Because you are the first openly gay porn star. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Famously. Famously. So. <laughs> Which when you write your memoir, that will be the title, right? My, my memoir titled You're Welcome by the first openly gay porn star. Amazing. Trump. Okay. Pre-sale now. <laughs> I definitely want to talk about the topic. We haven't even really talked about the topic yet, but the topic is muscle, actually. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't feel unrelated to what we were just talking about of like no. the relationship between like masculinity and gay sex and gay culture uh-huh. and like what has been co-opted or even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. reclaimed in a certain way and yes. and how we feel about that. Because I have a very, mm-hmm. like to put it sort of in the simplest, most boring way, I have a very pro-con relationship with like the notion of muscles in the gay space. Mm. Okay. Fascinating. Do you want to expand on that? Sure. Sure. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to ramble for a bit and then Here we go. someone stop, stop me. In. So like muscles and masculinity in the gay space to me feels... Similar to things that, like, I very ineloquently tried to talk about in prior episodes around, like, wedgie and bullying mm. and, like, certain topics in in gay sex and in gay porn okay. that are like, okay, what are we dealing with? Like, what tension are we dealing with that goes back to who we're allowed to be, like, as mm-hmm. as gay men, right? Like, are we reclaiming something? Are we reacting to our own oppression by, like, making something like bullying and getting a wedgie hot? Is there something to be said about muscles and and taking on masculinity that's like anything you can do, I can do better and like meeting the challenge of like you're gay, so you have to be effeminate and saying like, no, I can fucking have muscles and I can be big and strong. Mm. And then we get into stuff like mask for mask dynamics in the gay space. And is it does that pressure then become toxic within the culture? And I think it's both things. I've never rambled so much. Someone someone chime <laughs> no, in. It was brief. No. That was succinct. You've rambled far more before. Um, I will, <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. But I think that there's also something to be said about, like, historically. Yes. Like, working out and, like, gyms in general and muscularity have yes. always had homoeroticism. Yes. And that has even been an outlet for gay community. So like I yes. this incredible article that we might both be referring to that our intern provided us tie that's just about how bodybuilding is queer. I love finding out that everything is secretly queer like Is that the yeah, is same. that the Ben Vile article? This Wild. is it's actually by Abby Joe Morris. It's called Bodybuilding is a Queer Sport: Oiled Hunks: The Not So Surprisingly Queer History of Bodybuilding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um and it talks about like early bodybuilding magazines and like fitness magazines. Mm-hmm. And like ads in those magazines being an early place where people would be like, oh, I too would like to work out and right. being a place where like queer coding existed. And then they talk about like early bodybuilders who were gay and then like stripped of their titles and and yeah. Schwarzenegger in the Mr. Olympia contest winning over Chris Dickerson, who was the gay front runner mm. and who was also like facing racism for being the first black Mr. America. 
So it's a great point, Rachel, that like there's also just a rich history of like musculature and and homoeroticism and homosexuality, yeah. you know? I mean, even back in ancient Greece, you know, mm-hmm. that was like they liked to work out in the open air and they were like guys only. It was a guy guy only gym scenario. Mm-hmm. And they ha- like hosted kind of like sports events that were pretty homoerotic. Yeah. Nude wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't ignore that in the in the history of bodybuilding and also like what we think of as being like traditionally masculine. Yeah. yeah and people also remark on how I, I think more recently how gay gym culture in the 90s is mm. like a direct response to the AIDS crisis. A hundred percent. Shrinking gay men's bodies. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. like how to look healthy again. Yeah. And truly like anabolic steroids were an effective treatment against wasting. Yeah. I didn't want to be the person to be like, hey, but let's talk about HIV. <laughs> but like, because I, I, I was going I to anyway. But yeah, it's a huge point that like a lot of this bodybuilding and gym culture and mm-hmm. masculinity as a subculture of gay culture does come from, like, a response to that epidemic. So uh-huh. that's a huge part of it, too. Well, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, you kind of get at how, like, there's so much of gay culture that's mired in an obsession with masculinity. And yes. specifically, like, eroticizing masculinity, which, yeah. is, mm-hmm. which is what you're not supposed to do with masculinity. Right. You're supposed to – well, you kind of are, though, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to celebrate it, you know. Or you're, you're supposed to, like – or you're supposed be to like, bow wow. down to yeah. it or, like, be so weak impressive. for it. Right, yeah. right. Like, appropriate – Heteromasculinity is about celebrating masculinity to the extent of like admiration mm. and respect and and like shared power. Yeah, I was gonna say about power but dynamics. Not yeah. to the point of eroticism or yeah. or to the not I guess not to the point of like contact. Well, mm. but even then there is contact like wrestling, you know, Barbara Cooper yeah. quote and stuff like that. Yeah. But we can watch sports like wrestling and then try to deny that they're deeply homoerotic and be like, right, I'm just right. watching the athleticism, you know? Yeah. Well, where I think this conversation always gets kind of complicated is it's like, just because something is gay doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, and so it's like, this is such a tangled kind of, I think topic especially you know you get into this a lot when you talk about like tom of finland drawings with people oh, it's yeah. like on the right. one hand it's like oh this is an important part of gay art mm-hmm. history yeah coming from somebody who is making extremely taboo art undeniably mm-hmm. taboo art yeah. mm-hmm. challenging the stereotype of what a gay man looks like you know well and, and taboo art in the context of like where and when he is making it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to look at Tom of Finland drawings now where there's a different kind of acceptance of mm. gay sexuality or a, a different, you know, at least situation of gay sexuality in society feels different mm-hmm. right. and is going to produce a different reaction. It's just generally going to be less, less, less taboo, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you get mired in this, this conflict between like, this is valuable as part of a suppressed gay historical archive or gay cultural whatever and on the other hand this is an oppressively narrow view of what is erotic yeah. mm. and an oppressively like this oppressively reproduces a beauty standard almost is a, that yeah. kind a of beauty, where you think standard. that like oppression yeah. is is that like this becomes an idyllic body and it's one body type and it's this very muscular 
yeah, and I big, think like specific type. I think what's what's funny with the, with the Tom of Finland stuff is that these are caricature drawings. Yeah, yeah, and to like, you know, no one looks like a Tom of Finland <laughs> yeah. drawing. Yeah, in completely. real life, you completely. see the Tom of Finland drawing person, and you're like, that person looks cartoonish. Like if anyone like yeah. really, you'd be like, wow, that's a very exaggerated, Unnatural. you know, yeah, like yeah. that is a wildly muscular body or like mm-hmm. literally a balloon shaped body and, and mm-hmm. are they okay i feel like i feel like i'm getting ahead of myself you know because it's no. like okay so first point is like do we do we agree that like muscularity mm-hmm. goes hand in hand with masculinity is it is an essential piece of what masculinity is yeah for history you know for like for so long we've always conflated the two currently yes like certainly like muscles and masculinity are pretty like one to one, you know. Like, yeah. You can make an argument that you could get one without the other, but they're. I would say that they're pretty heavily tied. Yeah. Okay, and so then eroticizing muscularity goes hand in hand with eroticizing masculine, like hypermasculinity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now maybe we should put aside the question of like, is this like ethically a good thing? Is this like <laughs> sure? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and just like maybe talk about yeah, like what what it does. You know, mm-hmm. what is it? What does it do for me as a viewer? In my like, in my porn mode, right. in my uh-huh. jer- in my jerking off caveman, when you're in your yeah. sexy caveman gut, yeah. like I just want to touch my dick. Like, how do the right. muscles make you feel? Yeah, and I think that there is also like nothing wrong with like being attracted or like being turned on by something in that setting. Like we talk about all the time, like what you want to watch doesn't isn't necessarily like what you want in real life, you know, or that's not, like the only thing that you need in order to get off. And sometimes like the taboo impulse of it is enough to justify wanting to watch something like something, have a hint, having a hint of like, Ooh, am I being bad? But it can can only make it hotter, you know? So I think it also could be really dangerous though, for like people who feel an unnecessary amount of pressure to kind of keep up a certain physique Mm -hmm. just to be like accepted. Well, yeah, that gets into like what I, because I sort of put eight topics <laughs> for it, which is why we feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know. But that brings up the question of like, then do we get into like the flip side of the coin and all things have just healthy and ethical appeal versus, mm-hmm. uh-oh, like this isn't great that like it, it creates a beauty standard, a body standard yeah. in the gay community. Like I have a lot of gay friends who are like, I'm so fucking tired of the vanity and the like need mm-hmm. to have a certain body and to feel like, I don't get dates or get fucked by the people I want because I don't fit that standard, right? right. Well, it's it's like it's funny because it's like this is why I had to eventually just cut out the porn from my Twitter feed. Is like <laughs> if I'm not if I'm not actively hor- if I'm not actively jerking off and I'm just mm-hmm. seeing like all these bodies that are like that I feel envious of. Mm-hmm. It's deleterious to my mental health. It stresses yeah. me out. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. If I am jerking off and I switch to my my porn feed, I don't really experience all of that kind of dysphoria yeah. or mm-hmm. comparison or any of that. I just yeah. I, it, there's a different thing going on in my brain yeah. when I'm when I'm watching porn for the purpose of getting off. It's a different, it's like a mode switch, you know? Yeah, or even just a, yeah. a boundary yeah. you put in place that you're like, that those bodies are for porn and for a specific kind of masturbation and sex act. Mm-hmm. And if I, like, bleed that into my 
everyday life, then I like it corrupts my sense of like what's right. real and what's what I look like and what I'm allowed to look like and what anyone in the world is allowed to look like. And sometimes like. right after I get off, yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, wow, you know, it should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that that's actually like a healthy way to watch porn. Yeah, because you right. aren't doing that. You know, you aren't feeling bad about yourself. You're not like looking at these bodies being like, oh, this is so like, you know, the pressure, like, I want to look like this. There's so like body dys- dysmorphia. There's no envy there. Like, I actually feel like that's a very healthy way to consume porn. And you're like you keeping know? the fantasy in a box, you know, like right. you're putting the fantasy in a specific you realm. You are aware. As opposed to like watching. holding your life up to the standard that the fantasy presents. Well, I guess yeah. the reason I brought it up too is I, I do struggle to, you know, it's like in, it's like in severance. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like <laughs> severance, actually. Yeah. It's like, I want to be able to understand like w- how it all works when I'm when I'm engaging that part of my brain, but mm-hmm. I'm severed from it when I'm not actively jerking off. I'm like, what <laughs> do what do these bodies actually do for me? Yeah, and why why is it hard? Why is it harder for me to get off to bodies that don't look like this? Or why mm-hmm. why is this the easiest route to stimulus? Yeah. And can you change those socialized conditioning, like that social conditioning like that? Do I I have an obligation to do that for Mm -hmm. for something like porn viewing? Yeah. To what extent does it affect my, you know, sex life outside of when I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of engaging in this like base act? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I have sort of an answer to that as someone who watches a ton of porn for more than just my secret private gremlin moment of like, what do I really want to watch when I'm alone? And I would say that like doing this show has significantly expanded like what I'm into and what is hot. I will say that I'm still like a vain little monster who likes beautiful bodies and has a certain conventional physical attractiveness that's sort of built into my brain. Mm. I think it has like it's been kind of worn down is the way I would articulate it. Like more often these days I watch a different kind of body and I'm turned on by it and I'm genuinely into it. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that I've just like flipped a switch and been like, I'm no longer a vapid person. Or like I'm right. no, I no longer have a superficial filter that I put over my eyes when I want to watch porn. Like I'm still like, give me a hot girl. Like I want that, you know, but um. Yeah. It makes me believe that it's possible to kind of let go of that. And the way that, like, repetition of something can become eroticized, like things that we never thought were hot becoming, like, symbolically hot in our lives can create a kind of Pavlov dog response. We're like, oh, now that fucking thing is hot. I think it's very possible to be like, I'm kind of switching my porn viewing deliberately. Right. And am therefore, like, finding new things hot. That said, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fucking easy. And I don't think anyone, no. I don't think we should impose an ethical obligation on ourselves necessarily to be like, in my most private moments, when I just want to jerk off and unwind and feed the caveman, yeah. I have to be like hyper-ethical in that moment. Like, I feel like we'd drive ourselves crazy if we held ourselves to that yeah, standard that like we all have to just mm-hmm. enjoy pleasure whenever the fuck we can get it, especially these days yeah. in whatever way that we can get it. But I would say that I think it's possible. I think the show has taught me that. Mm. Right. And I think it's important to kind of expand one's own porn horizons and not just rely on like algorithms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I mean, that's where I feel like an app like Grindr or, or a site like Sniffy is, is mm-hmm. kind of 
facilitates our like most shallowest parts of our brains because it bridges our yeah. porn consumption with our actual sex lives. Yeah. And like you can really sure. use these apps as porn, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, sure. I mean, tons of people, I mean, I do it sometimes. They'll just jerk off to like profiles and, and, yeah, and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm activating this part of my brain that's looking for kind of the easiest or lowest com- lowest hanging lowest hanging fruit <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> you know it's like oh these are real people and this are these are actual sex lives and yeah. mm-hmm. and i think what's not to you know have some kind of manifesto against grinder per se but i do find yeah. when i'm actually just out in real life and meeting people or engaging with people in a sexual way i'm so much less, I guess, shallow. I'm, I'm so much more receptive to like mm-hmm. people's kind of just like natural physical chemistry and, mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Fascinating. I think that's a great place to take a break. Great. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And we're back, guys. We're going to talk about the first video we're going to talk about is actually from Cocky Boys, starring Angel Rivera and Chirac. I have to say that I'm a big fan of Chirac, and I really want to talk about him, particularly for this topic. Ty, are you a, a fan as well? Or are you familiar with his work? I actually searched to see if you guys ever did a scene together, and I couldn't find anything. So, um, Chirac is an old friend. Hmm. So is Angel. Um, Chirac, I know through... His ex in L.A., we met when they were dating, when I went to L.A. for award shows, and he was just starting out in mm. 
porn and he just totally blew up. Yeah. Because, I mean, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And he's, he's the sweetest angel. He's smart. He has a heart mm-hmm. of gold. And he's just, yeah, he's cool. We've never, we we kind of kind of hooked up, mm. but like we were both kind of out of it. And so we didn't really, we didn't really, we didn't fuck. We didn't, um, yeah. but yeah, he's, a, he's an old friend. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And Angel, I met through being on the same scene well we were we didn't do a scene together at first Mm. we were just in the same movie and we met that way and then we did do a scene together for cocky boys that was i think part of that same series as the Mm. shrock and angel thing because we it was it was definitely the same hotel room (laughs) Um, but yeah angel and i actually did a very similar like kinky kind of scene Mm. where i bought him he topped i think probably around the same time as that one yes You've worked with cocky boys before. Did you have a good experience? Yeah, I'm like a. I'm this like is a, your chance to trash them. I know. We, yeah, we are fans, but <laughs> well, I we always, like to hear I from always the kind of had a lot of. I always had kind of a chip on my shoulder towards cocky boys because I mm. never could like score a contract with them, and oh. I was always kind of like, oh, I want to like, you know, I always felt when I got into porn, I was like, cocky boys was my number one studio. It yeah. was like I was like, this is. I'm giving that, you know. I'm giving hockey boys, come get me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in New York and they're based in New York. Right. And so I just thought it was a no-brainer. And so I would get kind of like frustrated that they didn't book me more often. But then I would kind of like, then I kind of stopped and I was like, oh, I've actually like shot as many, I've shot more scenes for them as like a recurring guest than like some of their exclusives have. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it works out. So honestly, like best of all worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I always enjoy, I've always enjoyed working with them. They have Mm -hmm. always paired me with somebody that I fell in love with for like a week. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I've always had really great chemistry with whoever. And that's that's what's funny about them is I think they are a lot more cautious, I guess is mm. the word, about how they pair models. I love and that. That's so good to hear. What do you think the strategy is? So Well, so the flip side. So on the one hand, obviously that yeah. that's nice because it gives models a lot more choice about who they're working with. But mm. on the flip side, it means that other models are just kind of denied an opportunity oh, sure. and denied work really because of someone's personal sexual preferences. Mm. And since a lot of the cocky boys models are like on the younger side or are like have been in the industry not as long, there's a little bit less of a consideration of like who I want to have sex with versus who I can have sex with for work. And, mm. you know, I have found through shooting that I've had pretty great experiences working with people who I would have otherwise probably not chosen mm. to have sex with. Oh, interesting. And mm-hmm. I've had scene partners who, if someone asked me, are you into this guy? I would have probably said no and yeah. ended up not only having a good scene with them, but finding myself really turned on by them. Mm. Yeah. That's funny. That's similar to what I was just saying about like watching porn. I wouldn't have watched otherwise. Yeah. That, like yeah. the yeah. spectrum of like what we might enjoy sexually can be a lot bigger than what we might initially think. Yeah. I mean, that's true of sex work more broadly is I have found that like I have a broader ability to find something or someone or something about someone sexy than I thought I did by mm-hmm. virtue of it being mediated by by a transaction. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that there are there are pros and cons to like having models dictate who they want to work with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Obviously, like 
you know, you don't want to pair a model with someone who they absolutely don't want to work with. Right. And I work yeah, with studio, you know, when I work with men.com, for instance, I generally don't know who I'm working with until like the day of. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. And if I know before that, it's usually just because I like am more familiar with the director and feel comfortable asking. But they're, you know, they and a lot of other bigger studios are pretty reluctant to mm-hmm. like give you a lot of info about who you're working with. Mm-hmm. Just because they have a lot of models who flake because, oh, sure. especially if they're newer to the industry, because they are just like, I don't know if I can do it with them. And that yeah. disproportionately affects models of color, older yeah. models, models mm-hmm. with HIV, you know? Yeah. And and so while I, while I see like how it seems like an, an obvious pro for you to pick who you're having sex with on camera, it does have this kind of, I think, yeah. flip, flip There's a side. tricky element to it. Yeah. yeah. That Not sense. that anyone yeah. should be like, pressured to have sex with someone they don't want to but you generally are pressured to work with someone who you mm-hmm. yeah it's like in all industries there's like an element of like not getting the luxury of choosing who you work with necessarily it's yeah. obviously a more complicated and intimate thing we're literally talking about sex but like yeah i would keep any job i've had throughout yeah. my life if i could say like i only want to serve the customers i want to serve or i only want to work with the people i want to work with and that's hard to achieve under capitalism yeah <laughs> yeah right and even in even in those studios where I don't feel like I have a say in who my scene partner is, mm-hmm. I do tell them this is who I won't work with. Sure. Yeah. And sure. I do know that if I really do have a problem with somebody, I can say so. I mean, sure. we'll lose out on the scene. And that's that's the thing about it, is it's mm-hmm. like it's not as simple as like rejecting someone and then you don't get laid. It's you reject someone and then you don't get paid. You don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that 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 being said. Cocky Boys, from my experience, definitely takes greater pains to ensure that models mm-hmm. have a lot of chemistry with who they're working with. And that's definitely worked out for me. And I think they're more experienced models too, like understand a little bit better how like you shouldn't really abuse that privilege and like Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be like hyper picky necessarily or mm-hmm. like Yeah, um, but I think even, that like, hierarchical about who's allowed to get in on the fold sort of yeah and and you know this is just speaking from like my experience i i, I hope i don't feel like i'm like bad mouthing them i just think this no, is like not at all. Not at all. this is something really particular i think to that i've experienced with cocky boys that i haven't experienced with other studios is there does seem to be this really like you know they seem to be matchmaking uh mm-hmm. I, yeah it's worked out for me don't get me wrong totally, I, like totally. i said i have i yeah, have had a great time yeah head over heels over pretty much everyone i've worked with <laughs> yeah <laughs> i uh, i will say though i feel like it works because they do those pre-interviews and those as a viewer make me feel safe like to watch a scene yeah yeah especially and just to get into like this video in particular like i love yeah. Shirak and angel like entwined on the bed and just like yeah. talking about the seat like things they've why even, they like, wanted to work with about communication other, and like yeah. how consent can be hot like while it feels like there's this like chemistry and this like sexual charge right. in the room you hearing know? people be like you know well spoken about consent and sex in general and like their interests makes me feel more turned on you know yeah more open than like right Ready to that go. That is fascinating. I mean, that's yeah. the purpose of those interviews. Yeah, exactly. Is for, yeah. for viewers exactly like you. And mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that Cocky Boys over the last, I don't know, five or more, I mean, I say five years, but that was only 2017. <laughs> <laughs> but it, at least like five years ago started pivoting toward more 
female viewers, more viewers who mm. have a certain kind of point of view. Yeah. I mean, Cocky Boys, when I was in college and was just super fascinated with them, it was all about being edgy. It was all about yeah. these boys who feel really alternative and kind of bratty almost, yeah. you know? Yeah, we've yeah. reviewed some of those too. And <laughs> oh, it's yeah. funny to watch yeah. the brand evolve into like thoughtful, sweet mm-hmm. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just so nice to hear people talk about sex in a thoughtful way, you know, Yeah. or just like communicating in general. I mean, I also think it's really important. We always talk about this in in kink.com. They always have like the pre and the post interview, especially in like a huge like BDSM kink setting. But it also just makes me feel comfortable to know that like these people can, they know what they want and they feel comfortable talking about it. It makes Mm -hmm. me feel good as a viewer. Yeah. I mean, so much of what even inspired this podcast was us watching porn and being like, are are they okay? Like, is the performer <laughs> safe? And like, especially as yeah. women watching straight porn, but certainly like mm-hmm. in the gay space as well. And like, I think this video is interesting because the interview is like so thoughtful and sweet and like mm-hmm. affectionate. And then the sex is like rough, you know? Yes, and like, I yes. love the way that Chirac doms because it is very communicative and there's like really effective I don't want to call it sneaky consent because it's not dubious consent where it's not really consent, but it's, yeah, it's more like a, I snuck this check-in into my dominant language, you know? Yes. Yes. And it still feels dangerous in the way you kind Mm of, you want it to, you know, it's like, I like to watch rough sex. I like to watch someone get pounded or have like a dick shoved down their throat as long as I feel like Mm -hmm. the back of my mind, I know that performer is like, I can turn off the part of my brain that's worried Right. And just like embrace the the kink of it and the taboo of it, you know. Right. Because yeah, you can I mean, hear. I appreciate. Him. I appreciate the. Uh, like I, I'm not a fan of. Is this okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, like obviously, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Ask for forgiveness later, which is You're what Angel brat. said. You're a yeah. Brat. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. It's good to have some kind of demonstration of like other ways that you can request and procure consent that are yes. not so right. uh make your asshole heavy-handed. wink for me you yeah. know like, like do you like it when i shove that down your throat you know is like right. different than exactly. are you okay is this okay? you know like it's right um, of course yeah it's a leading question but it's a question <laughs> nonetheless <laughs> for sure this is i loved this video i mean spoiler alert the thing that i really love about Chirac in general is that he is this big muscular guy but he's also very like a sensual kisser Mm-hmm. Which I think kind of like really kind of straddles the line of like hyper masculinity and like eroticized masculinity because he's still such a like he kisses with like his whole mouth. And I really love to watch him. He's also just not just like a a big beefy guy just like pounding away. Like he's using varying rhythms, you know, like he's mm-hmm. slowing things down. He's he's checking in with the other person. We're getting a bunch of different positions. It's not just like slamming into him for 30 minutes yeah you know? there's like somehow nuance there that like mm-hmm. he's a beefcake but he's also not just like mm-hmm. i am beefcake here to fuck you know right. <laughs> like somehow right. it also feels nice and it feels like he has somehow like his intelligence finds its way into the scenes and yeah. into the way that he fucks which is a hard thing to articulate but it's it's apparent to me well and this is what i feel like is kind of unique to cocky boys and is a continuity with how their brand has evolved is that they, they, they often do feel like character studies. You do often mm-hmm. feel like the draw of cocky boy scenes is that you can glean the kind of personality or point of view of a performer through the way that they're having sex 
in a way that you don't really feel an attention toward in other studios. And I think Mm -hmm. that really appeals to a certain kind of viewer and that kind of viewer pays for studio subscriptions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so there's a, there's a certain kind of like relationship that you develop with the, with a performer through watching them have sex. And I feel like that's a big part of how I've always been as a performer (laughs) (laughs) and, and why I kind of, I feel like meshed really well with the, the cocky boys aesthetic. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is that if you're not interested in that or you know if you're in gremlin yeah just shut up and fuck like i don't want to know who you are kind of thing yeah right it's a it's a it's an extremely slow (laughs) scene for sure yes that's the thing is all studio scenes are slow if you watch them start to finish that's the funny thing about porn as a genre is it's not really designed to be watched from start to finish yeah but my god do we do it yeah (laughs) do we just burn those half hour videos into our brains yeah yeah yeah, there were hot. so many things about this video that I really loved. I mean, one of my favorite parts, obviously, and it, it speaks more to the topic, is, like, there's a moment where, like, Chirac's, like, sitting and, like, jerking off and, like, watching Angel, and he's, like, flex for me. Uh, and, like, smell your armpits. Like, I love anytime someone is jerking off and just enjoying looking at the other person. I love that, too. I did really yeah. like the finishing scene that, like, it wasn't just sex into cum shot. Like, it's rare yeah. to see, like, people finish jerking off. I also love the way that Angel came, mm-hmm. and then the way Shrock was like, "All right, my turn." Because I feel like I've also been in that position as a woman who's like orgasm is a little more difficult to achieve, whether that's a been a female or a male partner. Where I've been like, "Okay, now you watch me come, and I have to mm-hmm. like take the time and take the stage to do so." That like, it's and don't kinda, pressure me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice to see in porn because it can feel like mm-hmm. tough in that moment. So it's almost like reassuring to be like, look, the big beefy guy also has to be like, here's what I like and here's what will be fun for me to like get to my orgasm, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also just loved the way that Chirac comes because it's like a very spasming orgasm, which again is like something <laughs> that I don't get to see a lot of in straight porn. It's real. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone to fucking shake and like moan and like yeah. you don't see that and it's just like you don't get mm-hmm. that a lot in, in straight porn. So yeah. it is it is weird watching. It's like <laughs> my it's weird that my brain is like rewired from from being on so many sets because it's <laughs> Well, it's like, because I, I watch it and I'm like, first of all, I'm like, oh, these are my friends. <laughs> and, and, and But second of all, like, I it's, it is kind of funny how, like, I do watch certain shifts in, like, the positions or, like, where mm-hmm. the scene goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in my head, it's like, oh, um, we lost hard-ons. We had mm. to move to the... You know, and I, I don't mean to like give too much away. I don't mean to say no. that this is this is not specific to Chirac or to Angel yeah. at all. Every single performer in every gay porn scene, probably straight porn scenes too, loses their heart on. A hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. that more than anything dictates the positions mm-hmm. and the directions of mm-hmm. the scenes right. more than any kind of like writing or like yes. creative Direction inspiration. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, you guys must know this from, from just <laughs> no one's ever lost their heart yeah. on with me. I'm sorry to say. Talking to other, you know, porn people is that yeah. like, no, we love seeing that kind of thing. Cause it's real. It's real. Like, that happens real. in sex and it happens in the All shoe. The and a lot of so studios, keep it in. yeah, we'll cut yeah. that out to, to maintain the 
fantasy of like mm-hmm. this was seamless, perfectly rock hard, start to finish yeah. sex, you know? Yeah. Right. That's far more interesting to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and then it lends to like him jerking off and watching him and telling him to sniff his armpits. And I was like, I'm thank God that's in there because that yeah. was the hottest moment for me, mm-hmm. you know? And thank God we made it all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, I could have come three minutes in, but uh, yeah. I didn't because that wasn't the exercise. <laughs> no, it was really hot. It definitely yeah. worked for me. I thought it was a great video. I thought they were both really, really engaging, yeah. charismatic performers and both really like interesting in the sort of roles that they mm-hmm. took on. And like you said, in like the sort of personas that they let us see. And you really used the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> used the room well. Used that room. I love watching Angel Bottom too. It's <laughs> he, I think like primarily, I don't know, I guess he kind of it might be 50-50 at this point, yeah. actually. Yeah, he talked about that in the opening, too, where he was like, I learned to be a better top from watching Chirac. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I love that, you know? They're kind of similar tops, too. I mean, something I do like about Cocky Boys, too, is it's like you do have a little bit more room to, like... I mean, every studio is, like, more noise. We need audio. We need audio. Because it's not like you can play a song. You know, you can't play, like, licensed music right, or anything. Or, yeah. So we need something. You need yeah. to fill the yeah, space. Yeah, you got to, like, yeah. fill the space. And, I mean, the way that I top is, you know, pretty similar to Chirac. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bitch! Of just, like, uh, like, focused and that, like, you achieve, like, there's a certain kind of, like, dominance established through, like, quiet. Mm. Through, like, silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And through, like, almost like enigma it is funny when Chirac mentions that like his ideal kind of situation is like someone being ass up waiting for him. And I identify a lot with that. Yeah. Not only because I think it's like a hot scenario, but because it ele- I, I like being able to kind of step out of my personality yeah. and mm-hmm. be kind of like an anonymous person and just come in and just like be a body. And that like facilitates how I like, do something sexually that I might be like not that confident about. And I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case with Chirac or, or Angel, but it was it was kind of intriguing to me because knowing Chirac and knowing that he's very like sensitive soul is very, very sweet. And he is generally, I think, cast as a top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was interesting to kind of hear him express preferences that are kind of like actually similar to me. And, yeah. you know, I, you guys kind of brought up that there is this like very erotic and enticing like dissonance between the tenderness and the the dominance mm-hmm. and it's it's hot it's yeah yeah you nailed it it's realistic in terms of like what right what pleasurable domination can actually look like 100 percent exactly that it can be sensual and it can be even penetrable you know mm-hmm. and for me with this topic i think is like is most appealing to me yeah that kind of domination almost like resolves the very complicated question of this episode of like are muscles and masculinity good and bad? Like, yeah. that we kind of get the best of all worlds in this video with Chirac's performance style. It's really, right. Yeah. I mean, do you think that that kind of tenderness, as it's, like, being demonstrated by Chirac, do you, do you consider that, like, a masculine, like, an expression of masculinity? Or do you no, think it's either? No, that's, like, that's why it feels like a, a paradox or why it feels inviting, yeah. is that, like, yeah. I associate, like, masculinity and muscles as a sort of one-to-one thing, and then it's, like... Yeah. Hard emotions, impenetrability, inaccessibility, unemotionality, like, as being masculine, as being the standard of masculinity. So when you have this Mm -hmm. person with a conventionally masculine, muscular body being tender, it's sort of like 
resolves, <laughs> you yeah, know, ki- the trauma so of like yeah. of what we think that masculine person is going to be. Like it's, I think yeah. it, this is a whole different episode we've literally done, but it like gets into like daddy yeah. stuff, <laughs> um, you know, of, yeah. like wanting that person to meet us emotionally um, as well as physically in a specific kind yeah. of way to dominate, but to be like tender and generous with us care. in that domination. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what's cool that you get from this scene, too, and, and what facilitates that is that these are both, first of all, they're both, like, openly, first open, not the first, but first openly gay performers, <laughs> you know, who, like, have yeah. gay sex in their regular yeah. lives, who have been yeah. having gay sex for several for years, right. um, which isn't the case with a lot of gay porn scenes. Mm-hmm. And second of all, that these are both seasoned performers, right. mm-hmm. and so they have a relationship to both sex and sex work mm-hmm. where they're... They have a elevated, I think, way of understanding or talking about sex mm-hmm. um, that you don't necessarily see with even other cocky boy scenes, you know, where you yeah. have people who are very new to the industry who who might have, I don't know, different understandings of what they like and what looks good on camera. I mean, Chirac and Angel are both consummate yeah. professionals. Yeah. 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 There's a confidence in that that's like... Yeah really lovely to watch who are in touch with their sexuality both of them mm-hmm. Very, yes exactly which is exactly. obvious yeah yeah let's talk, talk about, about yeah. yeah clean up on aisle 69 From featuring you of the, of the of the usual 70 aisles in a supermarket yeah what grocery store we're yes. in costco um <laughs> From Men.com, starring William Seed and Ty. Yeah. Uh, do you remember this shoot? How I was working on it? Yeah, oh, I remember it. <laughs> I mean, it, and I was been reminded of it constantly. It was definitely like one of the most popular ad um, mm, scenes. Uh-huh. Oh, and a lot, like most of the scenes I did with Men.com, maybe not most, yeah, like most of the scenes I did with Men.com were really designed to make sidebar ads traffic. out of. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, so how many times do you fuck at a grocery store, you know? Right. And, where did they get like, this? Is this literally like, where did they get this? Like, did they, is this a, I mean, you can't this tell me. This was a real grocery store. Wow. Somewhere in Miami. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. We shot from like 11 PM to 3 AM. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. It was the nastiest grocery store. I've ever. No. <laughs> like, like food segregation is real. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I should make a joke out of that, but it was like, oh my god, well, I yeah. really hope that there's another grocery store in this community. Yeah. This is not just because they're letting a bunch of gay porn happen here, but you could even yeah. see in the beginning of the scene, like the zucchini he's putting in the shopping cart is like disgusting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The floors were so nasty. Like, oh my god! <laughs> oh man! It was. It was like. It was like the gross. It was a really well, gross. Well, you cannot <laughs> tell that as a viewer. I have to say, you guys did a great oh, job. Oh great! Yeah, it was that all does I could not... think about while we were there. No, <laughs> no, you cannot tell. So, a little synopsis: <laughs> Sweet Ty working so hard in his grocery store, and oh, who's that? Of course, there's a hot ass man in gray sweatpants. Has to be gray sweatpants. <laughs> Fully hard. Full erection. Buying dick-shaped vegetables. <laughs> buying rotting zucchini, apparently. And this is, like, my favorite kind of thing that exists in, in like, the studio porn world where it's all very, like, it's almost like clowning of, like, the, like, mugging to camera, you know, of, like, the, like, mm. hmm, like, oh, wink, wink, scratching of the chin, you yeah. know? Like, it's just, it's just it's something. It's comedia like, arte that, porn. Yes, or, I'm like, this, yes, I'm, like, porn is aware of itself because this exists. You know, and 
of course, you bend over and he just, you know, pulls your pants right down and slides right in. A little dubious. And this is like consent. ultimate fantasy, ultimate like over the top porn because we just stay in the grocery store. Yeah. Instead of like ducking into the stock room, which I'm sure would be even more disgusting or like no. a bathroom or a car. We're just like in the middle of the aisles and right. it's just a very deserted grocery store until yes. a woman Full comes around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Over. We're like loudly moaning, yeah. but yes. also yes. like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got to be quiet. Uh, the other thing, the full suspension of disbelief is like, I see no spit. I see no lube. I'm like, how? Fully magic condom. Yes. It's yeah. like, yeah. Poor and magic for real. I think he did spit at one point after like eight positions. It, there was yeah. like spit to the hand, let's go. And right. I was like, He's a gentleman. What can <laughs> I say? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and my God, his like muscular body. I feel like this this shoot did a really good job of like kind of showing off like and kind of fetishizing his like manhandling of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like kind of like tossing you around and there's like a really great shot of like you riding him and his legs are sort of like spread eagled. And I was like, fuck, his like thigh muscles, you know, yeah. that were really highlighted and, and shown off. And I felt like really kind of lends itself to this this search term. And I also just, you know, I love any time where it feels like, oops, I bent over and like it's like stuck porn, you know, like there's just some <laughs> sort of dubious consent that yes. just feels like full blown fantasy that feels like, you know, like a weird horny fantasy that I would have had when I was like 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That like suddenly we're just fucking in the grocery store. Only Rachel at yes. 12 is <laughs> having that specific That's fantasy. What I was yeah. I mean, honestly. <laughs> And I love, I mean, I also love this in any porn when like clothes are still left on for a good amount of time. I did love the touch yeah, of the apron. That. The apron stays on. I mean, the apron isn't even like a source <laughs> yes. of heat necessarily, but I was like, this is mm-hmm. hilarious and wonderful that that stays yeah. on, you know? Right. <laughs> and it just like really killed me that people kept like coming in. Like there was just like a few extras every once in a while where we we're like, oh, we, we got to sneak down, you know? <laughs> it's like really, really sweet. The only thing that I have to say that I was like, oh, I don't know if I needed that. I didn't need, I don't particularly, but I was like, of course we're going to do it. Like the smashing of the face into the the freezer door. Oh, I was, like that's a, my favorite part. Really? <laughs> that I was all that? me. That was all my idea. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I love well, that. I, I mean, it was like great use of the space, mm-hmm. you know? Well. <laughs> you have to. You got to if you're there. And then also I noticed, I was like, oh, his hand is slipper. I was like, I see the lube on his hand. I was like, right, right, right. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Like as he's gripping the door. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like looking for it. You can see it. (laughs) No, the face against the the glass was fully me. Being like, maybe you could throw me over this way. And I'm sure that was part of the ad that was like on like the like banners and like sites. Yeah, of course it was because it's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) And I, you know, I loved that like he you come on his face which I was like whoa impressive that was my favorite part actually yeah. and I was curious if that was real or if that was like a Cetaphil shot after a come shot I'm sorry to break it to you but that was a Cetaphil, <laughs> a Cetaphil shot. shot okay, okay. I knew but it. he was still squeamish about it is the funny thing <laughs> I didn't expect that he's like you know he's like he's also a concert professional yeah. he's done tons of scenes but like when it came time to they were like okay we gotta put some like fit come on your face he was like no I don't want to because you know he's like French Canadian <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's like oh god damn it yeah. you know <laughs> I think the I think the like confirmation that it was a bit and like a plant, I guess, was because right. it like there was a callback that he's like checking out and he's got like jizz on his face. Yeah, but he has it's to, literally like, wipe. still on his oh my face. My God, with that checkout boy who fully upstages me. <laughs> 
There were so many comments to that that were like, that were like, I do a scene say, with him. I said, oh, who's the cutie at the cash register? I know. What the hell? He does not That's the sequel. You, That's the baby. next porn. You know, we got to keep no him shot. coming back. <laughs> you rode that man's dick so well. There's my no goodness. Yeah. Oh my God. And I like, it. it's like, I hate that position and I have to do it every single yeah. scene. Well, you have a great ass. You have a really good butt. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I don't love that angle. I don't, sure. I want to be like, bouncy i want to yes. be like i oh, want my ass to look squishy and mm. like like juicy and so i don't personally love it when my ass is like super firmed up yeah and like, like you have to like flex to <laughs> ride yeah, yeah i gotta i gotta do the i gotta do my chair pose yeah <laughs> but you know i mean the top is working really hard on all the other positions so it's only right. fair that i should have to like <laughs> activate do a your part bit. you know i know when <laughs> he was holding you and you were holding onto the edge of like the fucking like fruit in the, the yeah center. the seafood yes. freezers like i pictured yeah. shrimp cocktail behind you yeah, it was, watching the scene i was just like wow like I had a really physically demanding job. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It looks strenuous. Like it looks. But, it, but like it looked, I felt it looked effortless. No, it yeah. looked, yeah, it looked like you made it look easy. I watched it yeah. and was like, I don't think I could hold a, a reverse push up that long. You know, <laughs> like know. I'm doing I the know. math with the physicality of it. Yeah. But it looks it was, seamless. Well, yeah, I mean, speaking of muscle, it's like, you know, for, for scenes like that, like yeah. really do need performers who. Have an athleticism. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think that that necessarily goes like means you have to be muscular, but right. looking back, it's like that was really physically taxing. I mean, most sure. men.com scenes, it's like never on a fucking bed. It's like always, <laughs> always against some like really like, hard surface. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Smushing faces on freezer doors. <laughs> it's definitely fun and it's definitely cool to like, you know, doing the same like five positions gets really old. So it is really fun to like yes. find new things. I mean, I obviously have this like investment in how the scene looks, mm-hmm. which is not the case for every performer, but you know, I'm definitely on set like, oh, this would look really cool. Like this would get really, and that scene I think really stood out, was really popular, was something that like, I think people recognize me from just because yeah. even if you weren't watching the scene, you were seeing the ad everywhere. Yeah, of course. And also just William Seed is just this like Titan. I, I was <laughs> yeah, so no. excited to work with him. I was so bummed that we had to use a condom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his body's insane. His body's insane. insane. And there's a moment too, where he's fucking me on the shopping cart and I turn back and I kind of like mutter, like you're so sexy. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Like he is. I, 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 I will say like, I do kind of dissociate sometimes when I'm like, working just because it not because I'm like not dissociate in the sense of like I'm experiencing you're traumatized something negative. and you're checking out because you need no, to yeah it's, yeah. No, it's just in the sense that like I'm holding I'm doing something really physically taxing and I have to like uh focus on that as opposed to like the pleasure right. yeah and then I do have these like lucid moments where I like look back and I'm like oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> yeah. Getting fucked by this guy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, I can't believe my life. <laughs> I get it. I mean, and I will say, like, this is where we, you know, like, we need porn studios because, like, you can't make this kind of a scene independently, you People know. People try, though, I know, and it's yeah. really disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. this is what makes porn, like, this is only, like, a porn studio like men.com could do something like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a bummer that we had to use a condom. One because using condoms is just 
is more physically taxing. Of course, um, yeah. For me is the bottom. Yeah. But also just like, I, I guess I just have a, have a raw fetish. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, it's funny. Sure. I feel comfortable divulging this, you know, through the last like six months or so of mm. shooting or maybe like the last, maybe it might've been a, like a full year of doing scenes, but definitely toward the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, I was having this issue where the testing system that the industry uses, that MindGeek uses, I was getting false positives every time I tested with them. Oh my God. Oh. And the best theory I've come up with is because I had Lyme disease no. that was like untreated. That was the that was the oh, only shit. explanation I can come up with. That is a strong theory. Yeah. That would potentially make sense, right? Yeah. I, get, I, get, I mean, yeah, it's the best thing we can come up with There's because like an it was autoimmune like autoimmune component or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every time I would test with this service, and it didn't matter where, what location I got tested at. It was mm, their yeah. lab and their lab equipment yeah. always gave me a positive wow. result. And I knew that I, you know, I've been on prep for years and I right, was yeah. getting negative tests everywhere Other, else. Everywhere else. That's, that's yeah. kind of terrifying. So it wasn't yeah. really like a HIV scare so much as like yeah. I would have a huge delay on getting my results. Like we would be mm. on set waiting for my results and then when I would get them, we would be in this huge debacle every single time I tried to shoot where we're like, okay, what do we do? We yeah. can't we can't do a bareback scene yeah. mm-hmm. with a positive test result according to the protocols yeah, of, of the like industry. Yeah. yeah. Which is a whole other thing. Yeah. So we would have to kind of at the last second ask the scene partner to sign a waiver that they're comfortable yeah. with that in exchange, you know, it, well, we would have to use condoms anyway. Yeah. And so so many of my men.com scenes are with condoms because yeah. of that, mm. yeah. uh, which was like a huge letdown because it was always yeah. better. It's always a better experience when we weren't using condoms, just yeah. in terms yeah. of being able to keep everyone hard. Yeah. And it just felt better. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, yeah, and I, I hope your listeners are aware of this at this point. Yeah. They've been yeah. listening to you for a while. Like, it's never as pleasurable as sex off camera. A hundred percent. I mean, we you talked know? about yeah. it. We had a we we had Stoya on for the condom episode and. Just as like someone who has a vulva, like condoms cause micro tears, you know, like mm-hmm. having sex for like a long amount of time is like can be not not that great. <laughs> can be a whole thing. Hurts a yeah. Lot. And yeah. to be clear, we're not like disparaging safety. And like, I wish no. I had a latex fetish. And like, I wouldn't even yeah. say that I have like a raw fetish. I just like the convenience and. Right. Ease and pleasure of like not having okay, to. We're, or, so we're one. all raw doggers in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But I mean, that's the same. Like, we can safely, yes, yes. with select Spe- partners, like, of course. But yeah. In the porn yeah. space, too, I mean, you guys are having sex for far longer than like the average person is. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. the wear and tear on your body with a condom is going to be exacerbated compared to like, you know, the five fucking minutes it takes whatever guy to fuck me with a condom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. So the three minutes it takes for me to get that guy off. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure your listeners know too, that just like a, yeah. a work day for any studio scene. Yeah. With maybe like one or two exceptions is so stop and go. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And the way that you have to pose for a shot is so different from the way that you it's generally sad. are having sex. That yeah, like, it, it, you know, I do leave a lot of scenes like, oh, I would really love to have sex with you, like, off. Real. I, I leave yeah, a lot yeah. of scenes <laughs> I love to have, wanting yeah. more. I leave a lot of scenes mm-hmm. not feeling, you know, because I have a lot of friends who are like, why do you feel insecure? Why do you feel like you, you know, 
you get to have sex with like the hottest people ever. You're like, and- but they don't know what I can do because yeah. we're having <laughs> such like robotic, you know, like yeah, shot course. for shot well, sex. Like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not actually having sex with them. Like I'm yeah. having, technically having sex with them. Yeah. I don't get to have actually really that satisfying sex yeah. with them. By the yeah. time I actually come from these scenes, I am like not really yeah. having yeah. Yeah. Best orgasm, to be honest. Yeah, of course. You are performing. Yeah. And I love performing. Like, you know, that's its its own kind of pleasure. Yeah. 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 So back to the the scene. um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because William Seed's kind of signature thing is this like jackhammer move that he does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of, you wouldn't think that it would be something so unique to him. And I guess it's not totally unique to him. But it's something he does in all of his scenes is this like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's like, that's like hyper fast. Like it's faster than like what you think of as like standard pounding pace in porn. Right, and And it's great for men.com. It's great for their ads. It's great for gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why he's like such a popular model with them and why he works so well with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you know, that doesn't necessarily feel any better yeah, right, right, right. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, a, it's fun a fun trip. Yeah. yeah, it's a fun trip. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, a, oh, yeah. okay. Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a far cry from the cocky boy scene, you know. Yeah. I, it's, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a single smooch from him. That's what's yeah. missing. That's where That's, I want to meet up with William yeah. again is I just like, uh-huh. I really want to make out. I know. <laughs> I think I there know. even was a moment where he like pulls your face around and you were like ready to kiss and he was just busy choking you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> give us a kiss, you know. Kiss um, like, yeah, um, a little just a hint of affection in the grocery aisle. Like, never hurt anybody. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. He's he's kind of falls more in the gay for pay category, mm-hmm. but he, I mean, yeah, he's not too hung up about it at all. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. I mean, it's a great scene, and it like definitely like it could seem similar on the outside, but a very different scene than uh, we saw from Cocky Boys, and like yeah. it really nails the genre. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna say both of these turned me on and both of them I will be jerking off to. Yeah. So. Yeah. I didn't jerk off to either because I had to watch in a rush, you know, like oh, there's no, no time to jill off when it's 11 p.m. on a work day. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? I thought when we picked the muscle topic that we were going to be talking about my muscles, but then you picked two scenes where I look like the pip squeak. <laughs> You do have a great bond. Yeah, I thought Thank I you. actually what's Thank funny you. is I thought that we would talk about your muscles a little bit too, but then we just I came in swinging with like, are muscles even a good thing? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's so. true. We did start off on that argument. So. Well, it is yeah. fu- it is funny working in the industry and how it affects my like self image because mm-hmm. you know all of my friends are like, you have a certain kind of body that yeah. commands a certain kind of privilege or attention or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I don't really see that reflected back at me yeah. in the porn that I've done because right. I'm always paired with someone who's twice my size. Sure. Yeah. Because it makes them look even bigger. And, you yeah. know, people get off to that kind of size difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The yeah, relative bodies that you're engaging with in the professional space are very different than, like, the greater yeah. world, <laughs> you know? Right. Whereas when I'm, like, in, you know, I did a scene with Sean Ford, who's, like, much closer to my stature and mm-hmm. like I think I I look like the muscular one I mean yes. not to say Sean isn't also muscular but you know like I look right. like the kind of more muscular one there I mean these particular scenes are like well I'm not in the Chirac scene but I <laughs> imagine if you were, that I am if you, were. <laughs> you are in our hearts <laughs> this has been delightful Ty thank you so much for your time and energy and all of your thoughts and just like yeah. sharing so much about your experience in the industry. Thank it's actually been like really illuminating. Show. There's been a lot of yeah. stuff here we haven't gotten to 
you know, like new perspective on things, which is always wild yeah. and thrilling. So thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to be on the pod. Of course. Uh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, plug yourself. You can find me on all my socials at First Openly Gay, whether it's <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. My TikTok is locked for mental health reasons. <laughs> um, and I have a Substack newsletter that I periodically update. That's also firstopenlygay.substack.com. Mm-hmm. That's just a lot of talking about the books I'm reading and what's going on in my life, just a little writing practice. But I'm the first openly gay porn star, <laughs> first openly gay guy with a blog, first openly gay muscular guy. Absolutely. <laughs> and thank you for your service. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> and thanks so much for listening to Girls on Porn. You can find us on a scattered suite of socials at Girls on Pern. That's Instagram and TikTok. On Twitter, we're GOP the podcast. Who knows how long for? And also on Patreon at patreon.com slash girls on porn. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you know, drop your Instagram handle and we'll tag you and thank you. This has been Girls on Porn, the only GOP that's actually any good. That was a HeadGum Podcast.